Thanks for checking in on this podcast. You are about to hear an inspirational teaching from Caris Ministries. If God has used this ministry to bless you in any way, please take a moment and write to us at amenatcaris.org. We are always inspired and blessed to hear how God is blessing people all over the world through what he is doing here at Caris. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at caris.org so we can continue making podcasts such as this available free of charge. I spoke about the necessity of the scriptures. The scriptures are necessary. The scriptures are necessary. Let's all say the scriptures are necessary. Okay. So God's word is necessary for your laughter. And it's not just that God's word. It's authoritative. In every subject he addresses. It's authoritative. And all these things is authoritative, it's necessary, it is, it is relevant. Okay, people will tell you the Bible is not relevant, it's written. Uh, that's an ignorant person talking. The Bible was written 2,000 years ago or years ago. It's not relevant to our days and whatever. That is a clear manifestation and demonstration of ignorance. Spiritual blindness. As I'm saying, so the, the Bible is relevant. But one of the things that is important, as I explained, that the inspiration of the, the scriptures. So according to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, said all scripture was given by the inspiration of God. Say inspiration. inspiration. Say inspiration. inspiration. Uh, don't, don't take that word lightly. Inspiration. Theonupsis. Inspiration of God. Now, in, in the book of 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 21, it talks about how Scriptures did not come by, by, the, by the man's own will. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 21, it says that, but men of God were moved by the Holy Spirit. The men, holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy So we know that the Scriptures came. Who is behind the Scriptures? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit himself behind the Scriptures. That's very important to understand. All right. So um, now after the Holy Spirit, this is so important. Now, let me just show you a little bit about the physics behind this cordless microphones. Not detailed, just basic. To have for a cordless microphone to work like the one I have, many many people think that this is just called the microphone. It is because okay, it's a system. Or if you have just this, it will work for you. You need this, which is called the transmitter. And there is a corresponding gadget there, which is called the receiver. So you, some people may have the transmitter, but if you don't have the receiver, it doesn't help you. Or the other way around, you may have the receiver if there's no transmitter, you are wasting your time. And so, the Holy Spirit, the all scripture is given by inspiration, like the transmitter. So all we have done so far is to really show how it's been inspired. Scripture is inspired. But now, <laughs> receiver is so important. That's why I say I can't just leave the, the inspiration because after the transmission, there must be the reception. So I'm going to talk about the re- re- reception, receptivity. 
theologians talk about number one of reception is illumination. So after it has been inspired, it must be illuminated for you to get it. And I like this, Joe. You know what I like about it? How many, some of you must know this. That they are, they are, I don't know how many of you, depending on what school you attended, university, or what you, you studied, but then there are times you say you are studying religious knowledge. There are people who are studying theology in universities, like uh, the Bible, London the, uh, School of Theology. There are professors there who are not born again, who are teaching the text, but they don't, they, they don't believe it anyway. They are just teaching, but they don't believe it. No, there are, are theologians in seminaries. Theologians in seminaries who, when they teach, they, they teach whatever. They, it's almost like they are coming from cemeteries into the seminary. <laughs> they are in spiritual cemeteries. In other words, it doesn't matter how well you can read the Bible. It takes the Holy Spirit to bring illumination. It takes the Holy Spirit to bring illumination. It's, brothers and sisters, it's so important. That explains why people pick the Bible and they say, look at what the Bible is saying. Look at what the Bible is saying. And they begin to lambast it. But the Bible says that this same message to those who are perishing is foolishness. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Yesterday, Reverend Eastwood made a statement which is a blessing to me personally. He said, the gospel is not meant to be understood. It's meant to be believed. Can I ask this question? You realize that. How many, there are a few people here who just got born again. Others have not been in church too long. Have not been born again too long. Others just about a year. Others about two years. Others about a week. And when you got born again, some of us, before you got born again, you have so many questions about the Bible, about Christianity. How many of you still have some of those questions? Unanswered. You have the questions, but... There's one thing you know is true. You know you believe. But you may not have the answer to everything, but you know it's right. So you start on, you start this journey not having understood everything. That's why it's the believing that makes you qualified to be in the journey. Not the understanding. So sometimes you try to explain everything to people that you are wasting your time because the person has decided he's not going to believe. It doesn't matter how much you explain to them. You are, you are like you are trying to soak the cement with water, the cement block with water. Pouring water on cement block doesn't do anything. Praise God. So illumination is important. Now, it's the Holy Spirit that illuminates scriptures to us. So, Jesus said, um, now, the, the illumination is necessary for clarity. Hello? Illumination is necessary. You have to be illuminated. You have to have the insight to be able to get what is the, the, the scripture is saying to you. Remember, I spoke about something, perspicuity of scriptures, right? I said that scriptures are perspicuous because Anybody at all, basic understanding, anybody at all can take the scriptures. Doesn't, you don't have to be, you don't need PhD in physics to understand the scriptures. You can be unlearned and the scriptures will be read to you. You read the scriptures and you begin, the Holy Spirit illuminates you to understand some basic. I know of preachers who have not been to school, but they take the Bible, even Peter. 
Peter began to speak, and the, the, the learned men took notice of them because they, these guys have been with Jesus. Hallelujah. So, it's so important to understand that the scriptures are basically, the basic message of scripture, the message of forgiveness, the message of love, the message of Christ. Um, uh, you can't read the Bible and think, say that, oh, you didn't understand forgiveness of sin. It, it, I can't be forgiven of my sins. It's very clear. You understand what I'm It's very clear. And so, the Bible is clear. That's illumination. The Holy Spirit brings us illumination. Now, Jesus, when he was about to leave, his final moments with them, his final teachings with his people were found in John chapter 13 and 14. And he began to tell them he was going to go, and the guys were worried. And he told them, that, why are you worried? Because I, because I said I was going to, I'm about to leave. You should be happy. The reason why he addressed this matter of his departure with them, it was two, okay, one is because they are worried. So in John chapter 14, verse 1, he said, Let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe me, believe my father. For in my father's house, uh, if, if it was not so, I would have said, My father's house, there are many. They were troubled because the guys, Jesus was. So he said, Don't worry, because when I go, it's better for you. I'll be with the father. And I'm, I'm going to actually make the way for you for us to be even closer. Then the second reason is that because if I do not go, the comforter will not come. But why do you need a comforter? Because I, I'm not getting into the message. It will take the Holy Spirit to have, for you to have illumination, understanding of this whole thing. It takes the Holy Spirit. So one of the things he said, in fact, theologians call the I told you, the Holy Spirit is Allah's paracletos, isn't it? Yes. Another comforter. In Latin, it's Hagios Numa. I like that. I like that term. So, Holy Spirit. Hagios Numa. He's holy. Right. And, but in Latin, the, the theologians were using a, a particular term for the Holy Spirit, which was a very strong term. It's Magister Veritatus. Magister Veritatus means that the teacher of the truth. That's very important. Based on what the things I'm teaching. The Holy Spirit is the Magister Veritatus. The Veritatus, the teacher of the truth. In other words, it is he who can let you know the things concerning God. He's the teacher. All right. You know the word Veritas. Truth. Magni, Magister Veritatus. Now, it's so important that Jesus told them, look at John chapter 14. John 14, 26. John 15, 26. John 16, 12, 13, 14. So John 14, 26 says that, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, Will do what? He will teach you how many things? All things. He is the one who he will get you. He, he, will, he, will, he brings the illumination. He said he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance the things that I have said. 1526, John 1526, he went on to say that, but when the helper comes, 
whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of what? Truth. The Spirit of what? The Spirit of what? He said, who proceeds from the Father? He will testify me. He's the Spirit of truth. He is the Spirit of truth. In the book of John chapter 16, verse 12, 13, and 14, chapter 16 says that, he says, I still have a lot to tell you guys. I still, verse, verse 12, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear it. You cannot bear it when? No. Now. Because it takes the, <coughs> it takes the Holy Spirit. He said, you can't bear it now. This just said, listen, I've told you a lot, but I've got more to tell you. That is why, don't, don't let your heart be troubled that I'm going. Don't let you, because until I go, the, the Magister Veritatus cannot show up. And Magister Veritatus, the teacher of the truth, he said in John chapter 17, verse 17, he said, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. So he is the one who will make the truth bear to us. He is the, the one behind the inspiration. Men, only men of God were moved, but for us to be able to receive it, it takes the, ah, the Holy Spirit. So Jesus said, you guys now, when he said it to them, it means two things. They, they, had, they were being given the mandate to write scriptures. To, the, the, the Bible says, built on the foundation of the apostles. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 20. Built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And then in, in the Bible talks about how um, the apostles were given the mandate to bring, the, most of what you are reading in New Testament, they were given by the apostles. Now, how would they know these things? He said, you can't write scripture. You can't be used to write scripture un, uh, unless Unless the magister veritatus comes. So they need, those guys were, Peter was, Paul was writing stuff. Peter was writing stuff. But it can't be scripture if the Holy Spirit was not inspiring it. So that's why he was there. But it meant more to us too, as well, that you, you guys don't, can't pick it. But the Holy Spirit must come to help you to get it. Not you alone, because you remember, he says that when Peter, the, uh, men and brethren, what shall we do? Acts chapter 2, verse 20, 37, 38. Men and Bible says, after they heard these things, they were cut to their heart. And they said, men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter said, repent ye and, and rebaptize. Repent ye and let every one of you baptize in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You shall receive what? The gift of You shall receive what? The gift of the Holy You shall receive what? The gift of Then he went on to say, the next verse, said, for the promise is unto is to you, to your children, to all who are afar off, as many. So it's not only to the people. The promise of the Holy Spirit is to all who Christ calls. So he's coming to teach us. He's coming. Look at are you ready for this text? I, I this one I'm going to take my Bible myself. I love this text. I love it so much. Listen, in first Corinthians chapter 2. Hey, ah, it makes me feel some way. Hey. I'm getting excited with the word of God. Someone shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> you, know, you know how when you, you have your, your, your favorite dish and you are very hungry and you're about to eat. Sometimes, even just the, the, the smell of the food gets you excited. 
That's, that's what happens to me sometimes when I, I know what I'm about to read, but the thing is too exciting for me. I can't even, I'm just excited just to read it. <laughs> Hallelujah. But First Corinthians chapter 2, are you ready for this? Oh, but God has revealed them to us. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. God has revealed them to us through his spirit. It takes the magister veritatus to be able to have the illumination concerning what is inspired. Now, said, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. Mm, watch this. For the spirit searches all things. Yes. The deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man of a man except, except the spirit, the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, even so. Now, how do you know what the person sitting beside you is thinking? How do you? You can't know it. Even light detectors can't know it. You can't know it. No technology can know what you are thinking, apart from your spirit. Your own spirit knows what is inside you. He said the same way. No one knows. The things of God. So, you see, even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Don't just take the Bible and think you, you, you understand the Bible. You just get it. No. No one knows the things of God except the Spirit. And then look at the next verse. Said, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit. Verse 12, this is deep. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God. Why? That we might know the things that have been freely given. You have received that we might know. The Holy Spirit that we might know. He is the teacher. He is the teacher. Magister Merit. I like that term anyway. Magister, don't go and call your, your child that name. Magister Veritatus. He is the one who is coming with the understanding, the insight to teach us. Because Bible, look at the verse 13. For information, verse 13 is going to show up in second service. <laughs> verse 13 says that these things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teach, teaches, but which the Holy Ghost does what? Which the Holy Ghost does what? The Holy Ghost is a teacher. He teaches us. He teaches us. And then, like our second says, I'll talk a bit more about comparing spiritual things, networking the Bible. Holy Ghost is the spiritual IT guru. Network. Comparing spiritual things to spirit. I can't wait for a second service. But the Holy Spirit is the teacher. This is a very interesting text I'm about to read to you. Which Bible talks about how which, uh, some unlearned men twist it to their own distraction. <laughs> First John chapter 2 verse 27. Interesting text. First John 2 says, But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. And you do not need that anyone, no pastor can stand in front of you and be teaching. That's what some people interpret it. So, well, I understand the Bible myself. God speaks to me. Paul said, I receive things that men have not received. First Corinthians chapter 2 talks about which, which, the mysteries of God. 
we speak that this, the um, first Corinthians chapter two verse I think verse six. It talks about the, the mysteries of God, the wisdom. He said that these mysteries have been hidden in ages past. Hallelujah. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Hidden wisdom which had been ordained before the ages um, for our glory. How would you know these things? It must be the Holy Spirit. But the point I'm making here is that there are people who said, Paul you know, began to teach things because Paul says the Holy Spirit revealed them to me. No man taught me these things I'm teaching. Because I think in Galatians chapter 2, he said, this is that you no man taught me, just revealed to me. And then they'll, they'll say, I have insight, some special revelation. It doesn't matter what any theology, I don't need theology. Theology, I don't, it doesn't matter what any theology I may think on. God speaks to me directly and God gives me personal revelations. He gives me direct personal revelations. And that's where people begin to go off. They begin to go off because they, they don't know anybody to teach me. The Holy Spirit himself is teaching me things. No, it doesn't work like that. And so that text we just read in John chapter, first John chapter two verse twenty-seven, it says that the anointing you have received abides in you, so you need you have no need for any man to teach you. Now, when he says you have no need for any man to teach you, it doesn't mean you don't need a teacher. Because remember, he says that for by this time, when you ought to be teachers, you have need of milk that someone teach you again in Hebrews chapter. Um, chapter 5, verse 12 downwards, that you be taught again the elementary principles of the things of God when you ought to be teachers. All right, so he's not talking about no one should teach you. What he's talking about is there is already, it doesn't matter how much I talk, it takes the Holy Spirit. These spiritual things, he said, I have a, I have a lot to tell you, but you cannot take it. So my telling you is not makes you what makes you get it. <laughs> You didn't get it. It is the Holy Spirit that teaches you. So as you hear, once you are open to it, begins to, it begins to take, take you deeper and teach you things. Now remember, unbelievers don't get a lot. In fact, what I read in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 13, verse 14 says that for these things, uh, said for verse 14, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, it says that, but a natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them. Why? Because they are spiritually discerned. But so you know what I discovered? I discovered that you, you, you don't, you may not be born again, but you may take the Bible and get something. The illumination, the Holy Spirit can speak to you. That there are people who are not born again, but read the Bible and God convicted them. The Holy Spirit spoke to them. And so, um, the Holy Spirit is the one. He can pick, you open the Bible, and the Holy Spirit can minister to you through that. But when you become a Christian, you have a, a greater approach because the Spirit is living in you. Now you can receive the things of God. You can receive the things of God. Now watch this. Unbelievers, the Bible talks about how, thank you Jesus, the God, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, the God of this world has blinded the minds. Who, whose minds the God of this age has blinded? Who do not believe? Lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. There is one they talk the way that they are, their minds have been blinded. Now, the point I want to make here is listen to this very carefully. When you come to the Bible and you begin to read and now the Holy Spirit is helping you, are there things you see that are not there? In other words, when I'm reading 
For God so loved the world that is. Is anybody at all can read and know that's what he's saying? So it doesn't mean that natural, automatically the Holy Spirit brings more words into the Bible. No. It's just like the telescope. When you take the telescope and you look into the skies, you see things that you see, there are two different things. Your natural eye will be seeing one thing. When you look through the telescope, you also see something else. What you see through the telescope is not something new. It's always been there. So the Holy Spirit is not really now bringing new inspiration, writing something new. But when it comes on you, the illumination makes you see things that are inside that you never saw, that you never noticed. Shout hallelujah. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. For illumination. He enlightens us. I like the way Paul put it. That, that I pray that you be granted the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15 and 15 and 16. So verse 15 said, I pray for you. Verse 16 said, that's the top prayer topic. That you be given. Okay, he will grant you according to the riches of his glory. That the, 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 he grant you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That the eyes of your understanding, then 18 goes on, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know. All right, so it takes the Holy Spirit for us to be able to grasp and understand and know what God is telling us. Someone say hallelujah. hallelujah. So that is about the illumination. So we have inspiration, illumination. But if the Holy Spirit is the one who is teaching, why is it that there are so many different interpretations? The same Bible, but these people interpret that. The basic, watch, that's why I said, you may understand the basic. And have you realized that when you read the Bible, it's not everything the Holy Spirit, you understand? It's stage, stage by stage. So there are other things that it will take certain principles. The same Spirit of God is teaching you, but now it, it will also require principles of hermeneutics which is interpretation. So we have inspiration, we have illumination, now we have interpretation. So the Holy Spirit gives inspiration, there is one by the Holy Spirit, and illumination, interpretation. Your interpretation is what keeps you safe. I want to say, oh, have you noticed the big thing that the, the, uh, the journalists and the politicians like about the Anglican Church? When they are fighting about Doctrines. When the general synod about women bishops. And that's what the news will be talking about. They went and they said, well, no, can women be bishop? No, can women cannot be bishop. Yes, women can be bishop. This one cannot be bishop. This one. And those who are on the no side have their scriptures. Those who are on the yes side have their scriptures. But is it not the same scriptures? It boils down to two things. Number one, illumination. And number two, interpretation. I get what I'm saying. Interpretation. Someone can come and say, but why are you guys speaking in tongues? Bible says don't speak in tongues in the church. Don't speak in tongues in the church. Bible says kiss one another with a holy kiss. Greet one another with a holy kiss. How about that? (laughs) Bro, that sounds good, isn't it? (laughs) Praise the Lord. Why should I pray to somebody? Oh, you know, you need, you need her help. But the person is dead. No, she's a spirit. Is, uh, what spirit? I will say we all have access to God by the spirit. Holy Spirit. Now, do I need another angel, another? Why do I need Mary? For what? 
Esther to help me in my prayer. And I go tell Mary, Holy Mother of God, pray for us sinners. Who told you I'm a sinner? I'm a saint. Boils down to interpretation. Now, and elimination. Now, so going back to interpretation, and then later on, we have the, um, that's the last bit, but that's, that's revelation. But let, let, let's leave that alone. But let me pick on the interpretation. It's very important. Actually, today my main focus was to talk about interpretation. Let me give you guidelines for interpretation, basic, and that won't take much time. The basic guidelines for biblical interpretation or hermeneutics. Now, number one, when you read the Bible, you have to always make sure. Um, read it. So seven. I want to give you seven. Okay, seven ways to read the Bible. Seven pros. When you read the Bible, this is how you should read it. Seven principles. Seven points. Seven rules. Seven guide. Uh, uh, basic guide. Number one. Read it reverently. Read the Bible what? Reverently, with reverence. Reverently. Those days when, when uh, in the Old Testament, when God is about to show up, everybody's okay. God is here. He said, "No, remove your, your shoes, for this is the holy ground." When you are reading the Bible, know that God is speaking to you, and re- approach it reverently. Open your heart, and you know God is about to speak to you. You understand what I'm saying? Read it reverently, with reverence, because you see, it's very interesting. When you go to the Bible, James chapter one, verse twenty-four. Okay. James chapter 1, verse 24, when you put it on the screen, it talks about how the word is a mirror. Verse 25 says that, by he who looks in the perfect law of liberty. Okay, So when you come to God's word, it's like a mirror. The word is, you read other books, and normally they will tell you that this is a classic. This is a classic. I mean, it's wonderful. You read it. And when you read the Bible, it's not just a classic. The Bible is actually reading you. It's a mirror. It's telling you so much about yourself. <laughs> it's alive. It's telling you so much about yourself. It's giving you an insight about yourself. So it's a mirror. The Bible reads us. So when you go to God's word, you go to God's word with reverence. Getting ready for what someone said, Master, speak for your servant here. I know God is God wants to speak to God is speaking to me. So number one, reverence. Number two. Number two. Read the Bible prayerfully. Pray. Then you start reading. Read the Bible prayerfully. Let's all say prayerfully. prayerfully. Read the Bible prayerfully. Because when you pray, it helps your spirit be. To allow the word to settle in, for God to settle in. So you begin to open up. You begin to open up. So when you read your, your Bible, you have to read it prayerfully. So reverently, prayerfully. Number three, when you come to the Bible and you are reading it, this I'm talking about basic principles of interpretation, biblical interpretation. Number three, read it collectively. What does that mean? But there's a community called an Amish community in America. They are very, they have strange doctrines and strange. They, do, they believe that, no, you don't read the Bible privately by yourself. You have to read it 
Because you, can, you stand the danger of misinterpreting or taking things wrongly. That's why if you don't go for K-group, it's not good. But we read the Bible collectively. We go and discuss things. Get people discuss. Because it's necessary. Because the Bible says no scripture is of private interpretation. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 20. Second Peter chapter 1 verse what? 20. He said no scripture is of Except for uh, knowing for that, no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation. So read it collectively. Because, hey, we are born into a community. When we are born again, we are in a community. You remember when I was teaching the communion of saints, communion sanctorum. The communion of saints. So there's the community. It's a white Peter, Peter and all them. They are all part of us. And so, don't, don't isolate yourself. It's just me, God. No, read it collectively. Read it in relationship with others. And read it. And it's, it's nice to say, get, get, look at the scripture I saw. Have you noticed that you can see a scripture? Maybe, you know, I like that scripture. I normally read to first, for, for, for God so love the world. You're reading, for God so love that he gave. And he's sharing with somebody what you just saw. The person says, oh, ah, look at what I even saw. As you, as you said something. Read it collectively. So, read it. Um, reverently, re- prayerfully, collectively, humbly. Don't come to the Bible thinking you know everything already. Most of us have our own. Uh, I like the way one great man of God years ago, I heard him say, he says that um, many people accept some things the Bible is saying because they, they, they come and project their belief on it. So if they see something, they read it based on their belief. So everything they actually see is based on their personal belief. Anything that is really doesn't is contrary to what they even though they saw it in scripture, they know no, it can't be. They ignore it. They ignore it. Like a child who is having issues with their father. Sixteen year old boy having serious issues with their father, and then goes to Ephesians chapter 6. So we won't see children obey their prayers in that. That one we won't see it. You know what you see? Fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. <laughs> Husband and wife fighting. The wife will not see wife submit. You won't see. You notice that, okay, Bible says submit. But look at what he's saying about the husband. Husband love. You see, my husband doesn't love me. Husband love. <laughs> but James chapter 4 verse Verse, four, verse 5 and 6. James 4, 5, 6. I like that. James chapter 4, verse 5 and 6. He said, Or do you think the scriptures say in vain, the spirit who dwells in you yearns jealousy? Go to the next verse. It says that, but he, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Read this humbly. There are people, somebody I've never, I, I, can't, I don't think I'll ever forget this in my life. Where someone was going through some crisis and said, I'm hard enough, I want to divorce. And then he called me, I was talking. He said, Pastor, I've made up my mind. It doesn't matter what you say. You can quote from Genesis to Revelation. That one doesn't matter. No, this one is not why Bible says, Bible says, I've made up. That's, that's the pride. That's the pride. Bible says, God resists the proud. When you are reading the Bible, come humbly. Don't stay on your own opinion that I me, mean, after this one, I made up my mind. Bible says, forgive. Say, oh, yeah, I know, forgive, but this one, this is different. Bible says that God is a healer. Say, no, 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 I know God is a healer, but my sickness is a cancer. That is cancer. That's a different one. Read it humbly. Number five. I like number five. Read it carefully. Carefully. Care, let's all say carefully. 
So number one, how do you read it? Number two, how do you no, that's, number one, how do you read it? Number two, how do you read it? Number three, how do you read it? Number four, how do you read it? Number five, carefully. When we talk about carefully, you have to ask questions. Um, he said, greet one another with holy kiss. What does he mean? Who was he written to? Under what circumstance? Those times, they used to, they didn't, they didn't greet by shaking. So when you, are read, when, when you say read carefully, these are the things that it will come to your mind. Number one, all right, um, you have to know that the scripture is historical. Okay? So notice the historical aspect of the scripture. Right. It wasn't yesterday it was said. It wasn't, so we are asking, but why can't I see, why didn't Moses just write a letter, an email to Pharaoh? <laughs> so you have to take the historical context. Number two, the grammar. Are you writing that down? Historical, grammatical. Grammatical. The state, what does the statement grammatically, what does it mean? Do you know what I'm saying? Grammatically, what? Because there are sometimes people say some things and you can write, but that's really the Bible, the common sense, normal grammar, literacy, it doesn't say this. That's one of what the Bible is saying. So stay true to the grammatic composition. What, the, what is the grammar saying? What, you know what I'm saying? Intelligibility. What is this saying? The grammatic composition. So grammatically. And then culturally. It's very important. The cultural. The cultural background. Abraham was asked to go and sacrifice his son. Would you do that now? You're also taking your boy. Police will arrest you. You'll be in prison for the rest of your life. Because God said I should go and sacrifice. Ah! In those days that the man who was fighting, who was going for war, is it Ben? I forgot his name. And Israel was leading Israel. Ben, not Ben Hadad. Not Jephthah. Jephthah also sacrificed his daughter. But second, second, this second case, where he said, you shall not see him, you shall not. Second chapter 3. And then when he saw that the battle was fierce against, no, it's the opposite. When they prayed and Israel was winning, the, the, the king took his, is it not Karim? Is it whatever, one of them, he took his eldest son, who should reign his son, and sacrificed him. And there was great indignation against Israel. So those times, it was normal. Culturally, it was okay. Culturally, listen, culturally, the times, the New Testament times, men, those times, and now if you go and preach the gospel in Saudi Arabia, someone gets born again. He may be born again with three wives already. And so there were people in the church who had three wives, two wives, four wives. Culturally, it was, but here it's bigger. It's, it's, not, it's, it's not acceptable in our culture. Right? That's why Abraham could go to Hagar, Hagar. He went to Hagar to produce Ishmael because it was okay. That's why Jacob was tricked to marry uh, Leah instead of Rachel. Because it was okay. So you have to understand the cultural setting. Other than that, you make mistakes in your interpretation. It's very important. The cultural setting. And so you have, to, uh, you have to be aware of the cultural setting. So historical, grammatical, cultural, and the next one is, the, is rhetorical. 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 What do I mean by rhetorical? You know, the Bible is full of, the Bible is full of different literary Jonas. So some is proverbs, letters, some are letters, some are prophecies, some are um, love, songs, some are songs, 
You understand what I'm saying? So you read Source of Solomon, you have to understand that. Or you read Proverbs, you have to understand that some of them is, is poetic. It's a poetic language. Some are parables. So, so there are different literary genres. Okay. Literary styles. And you have to be aware of the literary style and read it in that context. Other than that, something may be a proverb and you may take it literal. Hello? So it's, okay, from the rising of the sun to the going on of the same. The sun doesn't rise. The sun doesn't, doesn't move. But that is, that is not a literal language. It's a metaphorical language. So you have to understand the, the rhetorics of the Bible. And then finally, this all under reading it carefully. Five. Number one is what? Five. Careful reading. Number one, historical, grammatical, and then what? Cultural, and then what? Rhetorical. And then finally, theological. In other words, does it agree with other scriptures? Does it conflict with theology? Is it balanced? What I'm now seeing, is it really what he's saying? What are other scriptures saying? Does it agree with all other scriptures? If it doesn't, if theologically, you are saying that people should drink real blood. It's, is, it, is, it, is it really so? Do you understand what I'm saying? So that's what, it helps you to read it carefully. And then last two, of the um, principles of interpretation. Last two, okay? Number one is what? Reverently. Reverently. Number two? Reverently. Number three? Reverently. Number four? Humbly. Number five? Reverently. Number six? Christologically. Christologically. Christ and then logic is simple. Okay. <laughs> Christologically. What does that mean? The whole Bible is about Jesus, so. If you read the Bible and you don't see Jesus, you have not read the scriptures. <laughs> in John chapter 5, verse 39, Jesus said, You search through the scriptures, thinking that in them you have eternal life, and these scriptures are testing which, uh, uh, and, and these are they which testify of me. The scriptures testify of me from Genesis to Revelation. If you read it and you don't see Christ, you haven't read it. Read it Christologically. Jesus is not just the center. He is the whole thing. <laughs> he said, the scriptures. In fact, when he resurrected, Luke chapter 24, when he resurrected and made the disciples, he wrote to Emmaus. He began, the Bible says that, we began to cheat them from scriptures. John, put it on the screen. Luke chapter 24, verse 27. Bible says that, and beginning from Moses, you know what Moses means? The Pentateuch, Genesis, the books of Moses, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. When they say Moses, that's what they mean. Okay, so the books of Moses, the five books of Moses called the Pentateuch. From Moses, from Genesis, from Moses and all, how many? All the prophets. All the prophets. That Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them the things concerning himself. The scriptures are about Christ. Christ is in Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 and he's in Revelation chapter 22, I think verse 21. Oh, it's called inclusio. It's, it's a literalist that inclusio. From Genesis to Revelation, Christ. If you read the Bible, so you read it Christologically. Read it Christologically. Don't just read it. Uh, read it. You look for Christ. It says that the Spirit, he will, te- he will teach you about me. He will tell, take of mine. Testify of me. Take of mine and give it to you. It's Jesus. Say it's Jesus. It's Jesus. And then finally, read it obediently. Whatever he tells you, do it. James chapter 1, verse 24 and 25. I read it earlier on. 
But he who looks into the perfect verse 24 and 25. Let's go to verse 23. Let's make sense of it. Let's all read this together. Are you ready to go? All right, let's go. Let's read it. He's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. Hmm. Go. For he, he, he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. The next verse. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man will be. We are supposed to be the doer, so read it to do. I should read the Bible. Get ready. It's like, I like this. Oh, I like this. On your marks, get set. You are reading to hear. So when you are reading that, you are listen, listening to the gun. As you read, it's anything it says, pow! <laughs> you understand that? Read it. Read it obediently. Be ready to obey. Listen, it takes faith to obey. By faith, Abraham obeyed. So on your marks, set. Okay, now open it. You pray everything, open it, and you are beginning. As soon as illumination hits, understanding hits, what do you do? So you are reading, you say, forgive. As soon as you see forgive, that lady who has offended you, that brother who has offended immediately, boom, go. Then you begin to download the blessings of God. I see that happening to somebody here. I see that happening to somebody. Did somebody receive something? Put your hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah. If you are not saved, you are not safe because life is dangerous. Life is not under your command. I don't see why I should end this service without giving you an opportunity to say, yes, Lord, pastor, pray with me because I want to have this bread. It means I want to put all my confidence in him, all my hope in him. I want to give my life to Jesus. If that is your genuine desire, just lift up your hand and say this after me. Say it genuinely from your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I've sinned against you. I ask you, to forgive my sins. Wash me with your blood. Thank you, Lord, for dying on the cross to save me. From today, I will serve you. I believe in you. I put all my hope in you. I put my faith in you as my Lord and personal Savior. I receive you into my life. I make a vow with you that I will serve you all the days of my life. Satan, get behind me. I don't belong to you. I belong to Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you. Your word says that you know your sheep and your sheep know your voice. No one can come to you except your father brings him. I pray that let your grace be upon them. Help them to be strong. I pray that the grace of God will come upon you. The power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you and help you to be a strong Christian. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you for listening. For more resources, please visit caris.org or call us on 0207-740-9960. God bless you.